Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Ah. It doesn't look like him. Should have been carved by someone who knew his face. Everyone who knew his face is dead. We're not. Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast, I'm Mr. Blog. And I'm Duncan. And I'm Rima. And this is Game of Microphones, episode 35. Rima, Duncan, what's up? How you guys doing? (laughs) (laughs) It's been quite a while since I've talked to to either one of you. Uh, Always great to chat with you. Missing out. Well, Duncan, I just realized today, I was thinking about it, I'm like, Man, Duncan and I have never actually done a podcast together. Oh, oh my God. are you kidding? That's, I think that's true. Yeah, no, you and I have never, just, it's just never worked out. Rima, you and I have, but, yeah. but Duncan, we never have. We've spoken in person quite a We've few times. We've been featured although... on the same podcast. Like you had a comic talk section, I think, on one where I was. Oh, there um, you go. Yeah. In the Walking Dead cast. We've never actually conversed on the air like this. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, Kirk and uh, Khan in Wrath of Khan that they actually never filmed together, <laughs> right? So it's so the same movie, but they never filmed together. So my Duncan, middle name's Kirk too, so that works out. That's pretty awesome, man. I don't. My middle name is my middle nice. name is not Khan, and I really wish I had a <laughs> chest, but I don't. So great to be here for this. It's been a while since I've been on Game of Microphones. I love what you guys have been doing. Or Rima, this is your first time. Or no, second time this season, right? Uh, first time this season. This, okay, that's. I was right. on last so, year. That's right. I have been digging uh, Game of Microphones this season. It's been wonderful. Of course, I've been yes. loving this season. Rima, how about you? Oh, my God. It, it just it can't get any better, for real. I mean, it's like every time you think they can't top it, they do. It's just fantastic. And Duncan, and I've been hearing your thoughts, so I, I think oh, I, yeah. we, we all right already know Rima. that. And oh. I, felt <laughs> a little, I felt a little guilty that immediately after watching last night's episode, um... Uh, the spoils of war, you know, I, I got so excited and then I realized, oh God, poor Jason. I totally know he would <laughs> want to be on this one to be able to talk about this episode because it was so amazing. So um, I say without further ado, we just go ahead and get into our tops. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, All let's right. do it. Rima, take it away. Oh my gosh. So this is my number three, but it's not really number three. It's like the top, but I feel like we have to just talk about it. Because it deserves You're the time. There. I'm going there. <laughs> I'm going there. I'm I'm gonna talk about it. The battle. 
Yeah. I mean, let's just let's just get it out there because seriously, let's do it. Um, I mean, this show can do battle scenes like no other. I mean, Hard Home, Battle of the Bastards, mm. and now mm. you've got the Loot Train battle. I mean, damn! Just when you think they can't get any better as far as the battles, they do. Um, I mean, is that what to... this is called, the Loot Train battle? Yeah. <laughs> really? That's funny because it reminds me of either Loot Crate or it sounds like a sleep train, like a mattress company, you know, um, the Loot Train battle. Okay, that's cool. No, and this, this show has done so many amazing battles in the beginning with Blackwater. Um, you know, you, of course, you mentioned Hard Hump, but yeah, this one. Oh, Watchers can, on the wall, too. Yeah, exactly. Continue on. Yeah, right, they're, yeah, they're, it's, it's like it's. It's so hard to put into words. I'm going to do my best effort just to kind of, you know, put it out there. But, I mean, you see the Dothraki. You finally get to see them. You know that they're primed and ready for yeah. some freaking battle because, you know, they've they've been with Daenerys and she's, you know, gotten them, you know, over to her side, crossed the narrow sea. Um, and they've just been sitting and waiting. You know that they've been dying to do this. And so, you know, you could see it in their faces. They were primed and ready for this. To see them climb up onto their horses you know, as they're standing on top and they're releasing um, the, their bows and arrows, um, the whole epic. thing. I mean, yeah, epic to see the Dothraki in, in full form. I mean, that's their thing, right, is open field battle is, is like what they're known for. So we knew there was trouble as soon as you, you hear them, you see them cresting that hill. And, of course, we get... The creme de la creme. We get to see Drogon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, the look on their faces is Jamie is telling Braun, it's okay. We can hold them. And the minute he says that, what do you hear? You hear a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> and, then and their faces just fall and they're like, oh, shit. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they knew, oh, the game has changed. You know, we might be able to somehow hold off the Dothraki from claiming, you know, all the those stuff in the wagons and stuff, but there's no way that they're going to be able to hold up against the dragon. And the whole thing, the how it was shot, the sequences, the looks on the characters' faces as Jamie's mm -hmm. watching his soldiers being burnt. To, I mean, just mm -hmm. ash. I mean, yeah, that was rough. It, it was. I mean, I mean, it was heartbreaking. And and this show, I swear to Jesus, has never given me more emotion <laughs> than this show. <laughs> I, I am not one to usually yell at his TV, but last night, mm -hmm. oh hell yeah, I was yelling at my TV. I, what I were you yelling? Oh, oh, it was more just you know exclamations. It wasn't necessarily <laughs> more just oh yeah oh oh you know ooh, uh, that kind of thing. Not not. So I was much. like, don't kill Braun. No, <laughs> <laughs> anything but that. Kill Jamie. Kill Daenerys. No, no, you know it's funny. I. I that, and that's something I got to say. I'm just going to start interjecting here a little bit um, because I have a feeling we're going to be talking about this battle for a while throughout this whole thing. But mm -hmm. yeah. the fact that they this show manages to make us root for both sides during the right? same battle. Like, yeah. OK, we don't oh. really give too much of a fig about about any of the Lannister troops, the, all the red shirts, literally. Um, and most of the, the Dothraki, we don't even know who they are. But at the same time, we are so rooting for Danny and 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 Drogon. And we are, of course, we don't want to see Jamie or Bronn go. Oh, hell no. no. Not like that, no. you know. Um, so it's just so... And good God, Tyrion, when they finally shifted the point of view over to Tyrion, mm -hmm. and we see the, the anguish he has over the fact that he's seeing his family's men just destroyed and then to watch his brother make a mistake 
that good gravy i think it was even back in season one there was jamie talked about in the past jamie talked about a battle uh against robert brathian that somebody went with a single spear to try to go for him and it just didn't work out and this is now mirrored with jamie doing the same damn thing oh god there was so much good duncan i know you must have been just elated and splayed out in joy <laughs> pretty much <laughs> I'm not gonna lie when when the Dothraki first arrived I, th- I thought it was our listener Karen Hal <laughs> <laughs> after her impression a few weeks ago <laughs> that's right, right yeah, Kristen, yeah. <laughs> well Kristen called in again today I believe so, so it'll yeah, be very maybe, nice to hear from maybe her we'll get again a, yeah maybe we'll get another war cry from her <laughs> <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe or now the Dothraki have done it but yeah, I, I did think of you, Duncan. I'm just thinking, oh God, he's in absolute heaven, especially when they they busted out with the uh, the ballista there. Oh I was man! Thinking, oh yeah, <laughs> Bron looked like such a badass aiming that ballista too. Holy shit! I I was reading something where the uh, the directors said that they kind of had like a western vibe in mind, plus dragons on top of it. And I definitely see that you get the native American vibe of the, uh, the Dothraki coming in and the horses. Oh, it looked uh, like monument Valley where they filmed or, you know, the background, it looked like monument Valley. My uh, Mrs. Blog and I comment on that where we're watching it. It's like, Oh, this is, this is like a spaghetti Western in Westeros. Yeah. With like the buttes in the background and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's good. It was. Yeah. Keep going, Duncan. Keep going. Um, (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I thought that the, the, the dragon effects were just off the charts in this episode. Oh my god! I, I, I read that there was more dragon shots in this scene than there was in, in the entirety of season six as well. Mm-hmm. So I believe they've yeah. probably been saving a little bit of their budget every year for these last couple seasons. Just did, max it out. Did we all cheer when just those that spew of fire just lit up the first row of uh? Well, I guess what loot crates? I guess they are loot crates. <laughs> the loot crates. Um, <laughs> And, and all the yes, Lannister absolutely. men. I mean, that was just like, oh, how long have we been waiting for this? Thank you. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I mean, waiting so forever exciting. for this moment. And I mean, I'm, I was, I'm like you. I was like jumping off my bed, screaming yep. and hollering through the tears, literal tears. <laughs> I had just streaming down my face because literally the minute Drogon hit the hit the scene when he came up over the hill, it was done. I was done. I was just in complete <laughs> tears. I'm not kidding. It's I, I, You're toasted. I, may, I, might, I might cry again during this podcast. I don't know, just talking about it. But I mean, yeah, so the whole time crying, tears, um, the mix of emotions. I think we were all, like you said, Eric Tyrion, as he's watching and he's got that mix of emotions as he's wanting Danny to succeed and, and, yeah. and you know, win the battle. But yet he's torn because that's his family. That's his family's army. That's his brother down there in harm's way. I yeah, mean, and simultaneously, he's seeing his countryside being destroyed by an army of Dothraki yeah. as well. So that's got to be like, you know, he's got to be questioning, am I on the right side here? Like, there's dragons roasting people. There's Dothraki just screaming around, ripping up the, the <clears throat> landscape. Like, yeah. You know, he's got to be it was brutal. in question. Yeah, yeah, brutal. And this is and this is where the, the Byzantine plot and character development and all these things of this entire series really start to pay off. Because think about... yeah. Bronn and Tyrion's relationship. Bronn was Tyrion's first champion. Right. Right? And that's, I feel that's like how Bronn probably likes Tyrion better than Jamie too. Like he, like Bronn defied Jamie for a moment in this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Jamie's um, like, the scorpion's over there. He's like, go get it yourself, you son of a bitch. Yo <laughs> <laughs> right. me a castle. <laughs> so when he when the money when the gold spilled, what did you think oh. he was gonna do? 
uh, I would have played dead and uh, <laughs> waited, waited until that guy left. I was so I proud. <laughs> I, I was so proud of Braun for actually right. like, ditching the money and while well, yeah. sparing his life. You know, it's like, okay, my life or money, he saved his own life. So yeah, I was happy <sighs> about that. Yeah, me too. I really, really don't want Bron to die. I always forget to list him in my top favorite characters, but he's got to be up there in my top five or six. So I just want him to get his castle and, and his lady, and then nothing else matters. <laughs> yeah, he's got that Danny Zuko vibe about him. You know, he's just, you know, from, from Greece. My God, I'm dating right. myself <laughs> already here. But, you know, he's just got that cool guy that you just want to succeed, and you're like, yeah, go Bron. Uh, yeah, totally. it was intense because it like any minute, you know, when you're down on the ground with with Braun and that's what made this whole sequence so awesome with how they shot it, because you get to see yeah. it's like you're you're in there, you know, you're there with Braun on the ground and this Dothraki is chasing him. And then you see Drogon just fly up, up over his head and it's like you're in that mix. And it's like any minute, Jamie, Braun, any of them can just like they can go any minute. Yeah. Any- Were you concerned about any of the I mean. I really did think any of them could have gone at any point, except yeah, for Drogon. I really thought Bronn was going to die for minutes. <laughs> yeah, I really, um, I did too. I thought Bronn was going to. Yeah. I thought this is it. They're giving him a lot of screen time. He's had, which he's always had some lots of screen time and good good lines throughout the whole series. But it seems like it was a poignant moment and stuff during you know the, the earlier parts of the show that I thought, okay, that's it. You know, he's yeah. he's, he's done. Speaking so what, of the the Battle of the Bastards, there was a, that shot where after Bronn gets t- tossed from his horse when that Dothraki guy like hangs way down off the side of his own horse and whoops, slices oh my like, his God, that was Oh my amazing. God, wasn't that badass? Yeah, I've never seen somebody do anything like that. So that was pretty, pretty righteous. And uh, Bronn's sort of running down on the ground and there's fire everywhere and he's pushing guys off that are on fire away from him. And the camera's kind of moving back and forth and he's going all around and it really reminded me of certain shots from the battle of Bast of the bastards of Jon Snow and like the same type of chaotic environment with things happening all around. And I'm just thinking to myself, how are they, how do they shoot this? And I know that they prefer to use real fire as opposed to CG. Cause you just can't get CG fire to look good. So there must've been fire all over that bitch when yeah. he was running around. It must've been really hot. <laughs> yeah, there like there was that. there was real fire because this set some sort of record for stuntmen set on fire, and they yeah. did really? they did use real mm. fire, um, and they set the guys on fire. It wasn't twenty men in one shot. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's wild. Yeah, all time record for TV. Yeah, it was pretty yeah, intense. Between, I think it was be- an eighteen day shoot. They said for this wow. battle scene. Now this is where the Hound should be really grateful he bailed on the Lannister army. Absolutely, because yeah. he would not have mm-hmm. fared well in. This. No, he would have. No, he would have went running. <laughs> yeah, he would have exactly. been gone, gone. <laughs> now, what do you, what are your guys' thoughts on Jamie when he did make that decision to go at the spear with Danny? Do you think he's having like a uh, flashbacks to the Mad King? Uh, quite possibly. I mean, his acting I thought was incredible at that oh, moment when you can see him looking at the spear and you can see the anguish on his face where he's deciding like. I'm going for it. It's going to mean my life, you know, but yeah. <laughs> but I'm I'm going for it. I'm going to take out Daenerys and uh just he, really impressed with uh, Nikolai Coster Waldo there. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I agree with everything you said. I don't think I can improve on what you said. His acting was fantastic because there was so much silence during the battle sequences that so much had to be done, you know, just by the looks on their faces and he was so expressive. You knew exactly like what or at least you feel like you knew exactly what was going through his head you know, during that time. And, you know, 
he doesn't know Danny like we do. All he knows is that that's the daughter of the Mad King who he knew was like trying to blow up everybody, you know, uh, kill them all is what, right. you know, that's all he knew from the Mad King. And um, yeah, I think that that's what he saw. And of course, he's trying to save his people. You know, all of his, he's seeing all of his soldiers being just completely mm. incinerated. Um, and to dust. How yeah. amazing was that? The the it was ash amazing. Being yeah, like the away. mad Ooh. the mad king had to rely on wildfire created by the pyromancers, but it's like mad king on crack with Danny because she's got a living breathing dragon that she can command <laughs> exactly and incinerate anything anywhere anytime. So it's yeah, got to well, be the threat amplified by a thousand. Well, now wildfire is the Lannisters thing, right? Right. <laughs> Cersei's <laughs> thing. Cersei's thing. For sure. That's yeah. Cersei's thing. Well, think about Blackwater as well. That was all wild wildfire, also. So yeah, True, Joffrey. that was yeah. Tyrion. Tyrion. That was Tyrion. I'd say that was Tyrion. Yeah. So it's it's interesting how this is all playing out. A lot of different fires, but yeah, like you said, this is all natural. Do any of us believe Jamie is dead? No. Uh, well, I mean, I really don't want him to be dead, but Tyrion. We had the same thing happen where Tyrion sunk at the end of an episode when they was mm. were riding through Old Valyria with Jorah with the, with the Stone Man. He survived it, right? With the Stone Man, he was dragged down into the murky depths. Yeah, and he survived yeah. it. So, can can two Lannisters brothers survive the same fate? Well, it's funny that you talk about that foreshadowing of when Tyrion had his near drowning experience with the Stone Men, because if you when you watch. Um, Jamie, when he's descending in the water, it kind of echoes Bran's fall when he pushed Bran from the window. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. It really does. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I don't think he's, I mean, it's, everybody is up for grabs in, in this show. I get that. I just don't think if, if Jamie's going to die, it's not going to be this way. I think there's, I, I don't know how it's going to happen. Somehow he's going to survive. He has to kill Cersei. I'm sorry. That's, that's what has to happen. <laughs> right. I, I'm with you a hundred percent. I think, um, and if they were going to kill him, they could have just roasted him. Why save him? If they're just going to kill him by saving him. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, he's in full armor. Braun is not. And Braun pushed him in, so he's in there as well. So maybe it's Braun that's going to drag him out. Braun um, was not in plate armor, but he could have been wearing chainmail under his leather, and he was sinking at the end of there true. as well. That's possible. So we'll find out, or maybe Danny rescues him. Who knows? Because uh, he'll make certainly a wonderful captive. Yeah, uh, <laughs> again, <laughs> and that will be interesting to see Tyrion, yeah. Tyrion as his captor. Right. Uh, I'm and, hoping and that Jamie and Bronn are both captured, and then that'll give Bronn a chance to to bail on Jamie and be rehired by Tyrion, who he always liked more anyway. <laughs> you know? And he'll get on the winning side, you know, which which I want. I want to see Bronn survive. That'd be cool to see Bronn fighting side by side with Jon Snow as well, you know. Two really yeah. awesome technical, like close combat fighters. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, in this battle, Rima, by bringing this up first, I mean, there was so much to unpack about this. I'm sure we have a lot of things that we can, we're going to bring up again and, and remind mm-hmm. ourselves with. Why don't we go ahead and start moving through the other tops? Again, I'm sure the battle is going to come up again. But Absolutely. do you have anything else you want to say on that, Rima? As Not, your top three, as your number three? No, I think we covered it pretty well, but I'm sure we'll circle back, like you said, because it was that damn awesome. So, yeah, I say we move cool. on. Duncan Dracarys. Right. Light it up. Light it up, baby. Dragon back up to Winterfell for this number two, which for me is is Arya arriving home and her interactions with people there. That's your number three? Um, That is my number three, yes. Okay, cool. I I thought it was really awesome, her fight with Brienne. Mm -hmm. Oh. Wasn't that great? (laughs) Right? Yes. Just a, and it's so funny too, seeing Sansa and, and, 
and Peter Baelish up at the up in the balcony mm. watching down below and Arya's in this battle stance where she's got her hands behind her back and her little blade needle is like riding right up her spine in like yes. terrifying posture <laughs> she, after her little comments about the lists and everything with uh, you know her kill list with Sansa Sansa must have just been like oh my god like She's she's not joking about that list. Like she's super scary. My sister's terrifying. My sister yeah. has become a killing machine. Yeah. <laughs> and um, th- that moment when Brienne knocks the sword out of her hand and she starts dodging the blade without holding a sword, and then she telegraphs her movement that she's grabbing the dagger and in a big swooping movement pulls the dagger out, and Brienne grabs her wrist with a dagger. But Arya had anticipated that and whoop, flips the dagger from her right hand to her left hand and brings it up to Brienne's neck. I had to watch that like 10 times in slow mo to figure yeah. out exactly what was happening there. <laughs> but that was the slickest little move yeah. ever. Like so, so badass. What about after the kick, the way she just leaps back up in that uh, oh, yeah. just killer ass move that she does. Oh my right, gosh. and then whoof, I mean, flings her arm backwards with the sword and the posture. <laughs> Go ahead, Rima. No, I was just going to say, I mean, this is like, we've seen... Arya be a little badass before. I mean, with the whole, you know, she assassinated Walder Frey. We've seen bits and pieces here and there of, of a little of what she can do. But, I mean, this was like full on, you know, that, oh, damn, that girl's got skills. Right. Um, and scary skills. And I know she was, it, it kind of reminded me, like, her fighting style was like a combination. Like, remember when she was training with Cereal Pharrell in season right. one? And water dancing Absolutely. yeah doing like she it, it, the style kind of reminded me of that and also when she was fighting the waif um when she was in bravos so mm-hmm. it, it was kind of like a combination of that and it was like my god was, she's awesome yeah the choreography was impressive how they did manage to weave those two styles together and yeah. uh, portray the evolution of her of her craft in that manner i was yeah really really impressed with that yeah Ye- that scene alone brought such a smile to my face it's not mm-hmm. even it's just ridiculous but even going before that just aria's arrival right at winterfell mm-hmm. she looks How? over the hill oh my god winterfell. it's so that you can hear the stark themes swelling up behind uh. her it, it was so beautifully uh rima as you were talking about the cinematography and the way that that was filmed mm-hmm. that was just fantastic the the doofus guards and her way <laughs> of dealing with them it was just everything about it was perfect and and I did think of Sirio Pharrell, and I love when Arya got into the courtyard, and she's just looking around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, she brought up Maester Lewin. She brought up uh, Sir Roderick, you know, mm-hmm. people who have been long dead now for quite some time. And she didn't know. Um, and she had no idea, obviously, which that kind of hit me a little bit. And, yeah. Yeah. Really sad. And going back to that first episode of the, se- of the series, you know, there are all these little kids just out there in that courtyard as Bran is shooting his arrow and Arya bests him. You know, she's thinking of all these things. And I love that Sansa figures out exactly where she is. It's like, Oh, I know where she's at. And, and right. That was amazing. Yeah. And they're exchanged down in the crypt. I mean, um, and thinking of the music again, there was none. It was silent during this. And it just allowed the moment to play out. Uh, Cause we kind of had a bit of a, you know, l- let's think back to the Stark reunions, John and Sansa. That was wonderful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sansa and Bran. That was way less wonderful, right? <laughs> I don't. I don't think like anybody. <laughs> I don't think anybody was like, "Oh, this is sweet." Everybody's just like, "Brand's a freak." But yeah, that was but wild. And this one, though, when you think about the the contentious relationship the two of them had when they were younger, yes, um, 
It was so and sweet. You, even even the whole like, do I have to call you Lady Stark now? Yeah, you can see the remnants of that contention, like yeah, like holding up at the at the start of their interaction, which is and it's played out. It yeah, faded quickly. Yeah, which did. Did you guys think she was headed north or south after the Nymeria episode? I thought she was headed north because she saw that Nymeria had her pack and realized that she still wanted her pack as well. Nice. Yeah, I thought the opposite. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll, but I'll admit I was wrong. Obviously, she did go to Winterfell. I really thought that after that <laughs> encounter with Nymeria, she and she said, um, "It's not you," because realizing yeah. that that's not who Nymeria is anymore, that she's moved on, and I was thinking, well, now Arya is thinking the same thing, that that's not me. I I need to continue on with what with my mission. Her mission was to kill Cersei. Now I don't think she's going to do it, but I do I thought she was going to head there. Maybe she will still head there, um, you know, now that she's been um at you know, at home at Winterfell. I don't know, but I was wrong, um, and I'll admit it, I'm a big person. Uh, <laughs> I think that was a valid valid call though. That was my first totally impression. Totally valid, yeah. Yeah, totally valid call. So I'm, I was stoked that she went up to Winterfell. I thought that was just yeah, oh, great number three, Duncan. Really, and and yeah, it was beautiful. And that fight yeah. with Brienne, I, I the way they led up to it with her fighting with Podrick, him tripping all over the place. So we get that. We get that nice juxtaposition between the two. Yeah, uh, don't and actually, Don't do this. Don't do that. Just don't fight a woman like her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and what was funny is because as she's fighting Podrick and she's, you know, knocking him down and pushing him down or yeah. kicking him or something or swiping him off of his feet. And she's kind of almost cocky about it. You know how she's kind of strutting yeah. a little bit. And then all of, of a sudden course. she gets with, you know, Arya and she's like, oh, damn, you can see how she's humbled a bit, you know, fighting Arya versus how she was just a little bit, you know, cocky and, and, and you know, full of herself just a little bit. I mean, I love Brienne, so nothing negative about Brienne, but just she kind of had that attitude like you know um, kind of schooling poor pod and then she gets with Arya, thinking you know oh, i'm gonna show this little girl you know she's gonna be easy on her but then when she realizes what Arya's made of her attitude yeah, changed. She, she, she commented on needle you're gonna yeah. need you can't your use sword. that it's too small yeah, yeah. she's yeah. like oh don't worry i won't cut you and she's like i'll, I'll try not to cut you, you know? <laughs> yeah. everything about it and even brianne getting to the point of frustration where she She's fighting so hard, she just kicked this little girl in the chest to right. knock her over, wow. you know. And and again, Arya just bounds up. But that could not have felt good. Brienne is not a dainty lady. Not and that no. boot did not look dainty at all. <laughs> so, and Arya's no. tiny, too. It's just a magnified Really? Size. The, the way yeah. that looked, I was just like, oh, fuck, that's wrong. That's child abuse. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it played out so well. God, I just, I really, but, but my favorite part of that entire exchange and, and Duncan, I know you will appreciate this because you and I share <laughs> a, a favorite character when she pointed out like, no, no I don't want to train with him. I want to train with the person who beat the hound. Right. Mm-hmm. That was Love such that. a, yeah. well, and that was a really cool, respectful sort of moment for Brienne as well. That's Arya showing respect in her way of like, no, 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 you're worthy to fight me. Yep. I'm yeah, not going to deal with the master. You're worthy to fight me. Exactly. Uh, which I thought was just badass. And and even the fact that Brienne is still humble enough to never fully take credit for the fact that, hey, she just finally completed her mission to save both Stark girls. They're yeah. now under her purview, you know, and that's pretty damn cool. Yeah, and that's really that good. She was ready to piss on, on poor Pod about it. And she's like, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I love that. I really, really love that, and yeah. I just can't I liked, wait to um, see. Also, when they were down in the crypt and they're talking about uh, Ned's statue and how it didn't mm. look like him, mm-hmm. and Sansa mm-hmm. says everyone who knew his face is dead. Yeah, 
and Arya says, you know, we're not, which was like kind of a powerful moment, just realizing what amazing. the situation really is. Like everybody is fucking dead at this point for the yeah. most part. Right, Roger's but they gone, survived. Gone. Right. And this is this is what I'm gonna I'm gonna totally diverge here. A quick tangent. Sorry, folks. Um sure. But this is the one thing that I want to say about people complaining about the pace of the show right now. Mm-hmm. You know, we've all heard it. Everybody's like, it's going too fast. Everybody seems to be moving by teleporter and all these things, which <laughs> I get, you know, and, and I understand it is a different flavor from what it was for the last six seasons. But the cast has been so whittled down now to yeah. characters that have been developed for six. This is why you have character development so that by the time you get to season seven, you don't have to spend all the time with character development. And you can start getting to the action because we're no longer spending a lot of time going all over the place. Like we talked about before, we just had a battle where we're rooting for both sides and rooting even for the people standing at the sidelines, you know, all <laughs> yeah, of them. Right. It's, it's, so we're already invested. So I think it's for me, just my opinion. I am a hundred percent behind this much faster pace. If me it too. can give us an yep. episode like this in 50 minutes, Exactly. I mean, this was like the shortest damn episode of almost like the series, I think they said. Not the season, but like the series. So this, it didn't even feel that short. It was so rich and dense with content. I mean, damn. It felt at least an hour long to me. Yeah. Yeah, it really didn't feel short at all. Absolutely. Yeah. Shortest episode and also the best episode, I think. I, I think it might be my favorite episode. I watched it again virtually immediately after <laughs> after it ended. Me too. Yeah. And then watched it again yeah. today to take notes. I don't know. That would, that would be an interesting question. Best. I mean, you know, it's always subjective. Hard home's a tough one to beat, but this, this was pretty damn good. I Battle of the Bastards. So, yeah. All right. There you go. We all have our, <laughs> we all have our soft spots. Actually, I might say even one, Red one Wedding. Just smash. Red- <laughs> oh, that was so cool. <laughs> that was so awesome. Okay. Uh, Duncan, anything else you want to say on the Aria Brienne thing? Uh, not on the Arya Brynn thing. I thought it was interesting w- mentioning again how um you know Sansa and Arya's old relationship. Yeah, it was it was like a kind of like a, a reenactment of when Sansa had first saw Bran again and she hugged him and Bran didn't really hug her back, and she she uh, she hugs Arya in the crypt and Arya doesn't really hug her back until later after they sort of connect and, and uh, get on the wasn't same that level. Second and then Arya, adorable. Like, Really hugs her, yeah. Yeah, and and I have to just compliment the actress. Um, I can't remember her her name. Who plays Sansa? Um, Sophie, Sophie Turner. Turner. Sophie Turner, right? When she said Arya and like cut the hug short and said Brand's home too. Yeah, and, and just like the look in her face, like a pang of pain and like a twitch of the eye. It just said so much without saying anything. Like you knew something was really wrong, and mm-hmm. I just thought that was fantastic acting on her part. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Well, uh, yeah, that's all I got to say pretty much. By the old gods and the new, this works out very well because my number three happens to be Bran. Nice. All right. Nice segue. Right? And (laughs) that worked out really well. Um, Bran is not Bran. Right. And I think think that has really become very clear in this episode. And I loved everything. It's it's taken me these last few episodes to kind of adjust to this. And really, I think one of the saddest, most poignant moments of this entire episode was almost a throwaway moment. And that was the one between Mira yes. and Bran. I mean, so Bran, had, he had this crush on Mira, right? And all of a sudden... Poof, yeah, he did. I forgot about that. It's it's just like, you know, she. It, it's so sad. We understand, I think, as viewers, and I think to a certain degree Mira understands as well, but I think it broke her heart. Uh, and it even breaks my heart to think that she's now having to leave just to be with her family for the end sort of a thing. Like the idea right. of, you know, we we have to be together when all this goes down because she really knows what's going to go down, just like John really, Snow. Really, really knows. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, really, really knows. To your knows. point of uh, saying Bran's not Bran, you're 100% right. Yeah, she, uh, you know, Mira said Bran, and he says, I'm not anymore. Yeah. I remember yeah. what it was like to be Brandon Stark, but I remember oh, so much creepy. more now. Like, yeah. <laughs> how eerie well, is that? Well, yeah, when, and it, when she says you died in that cave, I mean, that was right. so sad. Oh. <laughs> it was. It was. And that was the and last thing she said, right? I think so. Yeah. As she and, walks and out. That was, you know, that's that's something else. But then getting to the brand Littlefinger exchange mm-hmm. right and oh you know God. i had to sit on this one for a while and really ruminate on on what this exchange really meant seriously i i and i still don't 100 percent know i i did a little reading and there was one thing i really liked about it was some people were saying little finger tries to kind of manipulate young young boys who might be a lord now he's a lord of winterfell much right. like little robin became the lord of the of the the veil yeah, he's mm-hmm. trying to get in with the Lord of Winterfell by giving him exactly. this badass dagger, dude. Like, yeah. Tyrion Steel, yeah. it's coveted. There's like only a hundred of these maps yeah. in Westeros yeah. at all. So he's trying to get in, in deep with the Lord of Winterfell at this moment. And Bran shuts it down. He's like, I'm not the Lord of Winterfell. <laughs> you know? well, like, then, he wasted then, that blade, dude. Well, not <laughs> yeah. just he wasted the blade, but to have Bran straight up call him out. Yeah, yeah like, chaos oh, is no. a ladder. Yeah, I can see into you your must have seen soul. Things beyond the wall you know. that people couldn't imagine, and then to come yeah, back yeah. just to see all the chaos happening in Westeros. <laughs> yeah, it's called the chaos of your soul because I know what you did because I can see fucking everything, buddy. You're screwed. Yeah. Um, chaos that's, is that's, a ladder. Yeah, that's really the sense I got out of that, and and, the, and I like I, the I, actor is his facial expression too. Like his expression when he says "chaos is a ladder," it's like I know. Oh yeah, you know, and, and Peter Baelish's response back, just the, the look in his eyes, is like, "Well, he knows, but how can he possibly know that?" You know, like just confusion and terror and mm-hmm. wonder all at once is just a brilliant moment. It really was, and and it was subtle, and I thought it was amazing. I loved how Bran gave zero fucks about the dagger. He didn't care. Zero, right? Uh, zero. 
And he he gives it over to Arya, which is just cool as shit. Yeah, he, because he like already knew he was going to get the dagger. Already has seen visions of Arya using it in the future. It just like plays his part, hands it over. You know <laughs> exactly. What I mean? You're going to need so this. Then, you know? <laughs> and Duncan, this this is the the thought process that I, I I was thinking that you would probably appreciate because it then got me thinking about okay, who has Valerian steel now? Right. Right. And it got me it got me thinking about it, and I was just like, all right, we got Arya, we got Brienne, we have Jamie, we have Jon Snow. Uh, who's now mining all this dragon glass, and 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 Sam Samuel Tarley as well. Yeah. Samuel Sam Tarley, exactly. Samuel, don't, don't forget Sam. <laughs> What's that? Rima? Don't forget about Samuel. <laughs> no, no, of course I'm not. Exactly. So Sam is in there as well. Uh, so it's it, it's really getting me thinking. And who's headed north? And all these kinds of things. Because again, us as the viewers, we know what the real danger is. Even though, good. Gravy, how slow are the White Walkers? Exactly. Really? I mean, I know they have to wait for winter and all, but don't they bring winter? I think. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. I've been a little like. Jon Snow is teleported all over Westeros. I mean, and and they're just like trudging along. Okay, fine. Um, this is my opportunity <laughs> to get out any of my little grievances with the season I get. So, um, so I've that's been trudging <laughs> since season one too. When <laughs> Sam's hiding behind the rock in like the last shot of season. Yeah, one, yeah, or exactly. Whatever, season two, whatever. Do He's all the way really down in slow. Old Town now. <laughs> they must. So, well, now they have giants. Maybe they walk. No, they'd walk faster. It makes no sense. Okay, <laughs> let's let's not think about any of these things. It's got dragons and shit. So that was my number three. Bran. What all of that means. Uh, the three-eyed raven. Yada yada yada. Rima. Yeah. Or finally, after eons, swinging back around to you. <laughs> <laughs> what is your number two? My number two. Um, John and Danny. Because nice. that's another place we got to go. Um, how do we not do go there? Do we have to go there? Oh, oh we got to go there because I wish John and Danny had <laughs> kind of went there. I'm going to go against, again, mm. what I have said before. I don't know that I've said this um, on a podcast, but if anybody who's listening has listened to me in Patreon, go on and on and on. Um, in that Facebook group, um, I was not a big fan of thinking that, you know, John and Danny could possibly somehow hook up in the series. I thought it was kind of icky. Thinking that, it, it, look, you know, I'm going to interject because it is hard to root for incest. It is. It's it hard is. Yeah, to root for incest. Gurm is a total bastard for making us like totally root for incest. Well, exactly. Exactly. They, so don't even, it's, they don't even know it. No, He's they don't. He's just sitting at his house in uh, New Mexico like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like I said, this he knows exactly how to, tw- I mean, as if the battle emotions weren't enough, you know, torn about who you want to win and who you want to not die in that whole sequence. But now you've got me wanting, you know, this uh, nephew and aunt to get together. And it's it's kind of weirded me out a little bit, but you know what? I'm kind of feeling it just a little bit. And I think I'll, <laughs> I think I'll be okay with it um, because you can... God, they they do it so well. There are so many moments. The actors have just gotten so great over the whole series in their facial expressions and the looks in their eyes when, you know, John takes Danny into the cave and the the, the exchanges between them, you know, when no words are spoken or even when the words are spoken. I I just it's like it's so hard to put into into words. I I swear I thought Danny was even going to like propose to him when she's like, you know, I'll fight for you. I'll fight for the North. Um, you know, when you bend the knee and I thought that she was going to be like, you know, maybe give him an, an out as far as like, you know, OK, if you don't bend the knee, then, you know, we should unite our, our houses 
or something like that. I thought something like that for, was going to come yeah, out. Yeah, for of all it. we know, it may have happened after that it, cut. It, 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 you know? Right. Yeah, it did something cut. We happened don't, there. Yeah, something, something happened. happened, and and I don't think what happened is what a lot of people probably wanted to happen. But I bet what happened was he was like. I'll take the knee, Your Grace. I'll bend the knee, but only to give you the Lord's kiss. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, there was so much significance when you think of the last time Jon Snow's in a cave with a beautiful woman. And, yeah, you know, right. yeah, there's definitely back to, some of that. To that. And when, I mean, it was just, you can tell that they want each other. You can tell that there's an attraction between them. You can tell that there's a pull and a connection between them. But it's like they don't have time for that because Danny's focused on her war and winning that war. John is focused on, you know, fighting in the North and fighting the, the Night King. And so you can tell that there's this pull and it's like, well, we don't have time for that. We just got to, we're going to have to ignore it. It's there. Yes, but we got to move on. And when he touches her arm. Oh. I felt an electric shock like, at that moment. Like, I swear I thought I felt it. It was the weirdest thing. I swear I felt it on my arm as he touches hers. And you would think that with Danny's <laughs> attitude that she would have given him a look, like, how dare you touch me? Because she's kind of, you know, off-putted by that kind of thing. Sometimes it seems throughout the series, like, you know, don't don't touch me right. or, or you're not allowed to touch me or something. But she Don't did. presume to touch me, Sir Jorah. Yeah, and I mean, maybe that's just, maybe I'm... <laughs> reading that wrong throughout the series and how she is where she's no, like don't presume to right, touch me but sure. she didn't blink an eye he, he he she looked him right in the eyes when you when he yeah did it, and too. he just and he just gently guides her to you know what he wants her to see and there was like it was just so smooth between them and it's so wonderful to He's see like, these just two. bend over and look lower <laughs> right. there's more drawings down there right. <laughs> a little okay, lower okay. I mean, okay, just, okay. Just the whole thing I, was, was really great. I mean, I've got, I've got to interject. <laughs> please interject, got, Eric. Please. I have to interject. First of all, you do. You guys do know they are engaged, right? Kid, <laughs> Herring, Kid Harrington and Amelia Clark. Oh my God! I saw a they, picture of them kissing. Not, not. Yeah, they, they, not, they just announced their engagement like a week or two ago. Well, he, wow, he was living with Egret. The, the the actress that played Igret. That is correct. <laughs> but then she sold I am, her no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Yet. You are 100 percent correct. Oh my god, I'm an idiot. Yes, you are right. It was Egret. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, I was Leslie thinking, Rose. That's why they look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're engaged. I'm sorry. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you totally scared me. I thought, are you kidding part. me? Okay. I missed no, me. I missed I'm a sorry. piece of news that. <laughs> You know, honestly, I saw a picture of Amelia Clark and and Kit Harrington today, and I thought, oh, they are a cute couple. And I and I was thinking they were engaged. And you're right, it is Rose Leslie. Well, it is not uh, Amelia Clark. My bad. Well, Amelia um, Clark did post a really cute, uh, like a behind the scenes picture yeah, of them yeah, with on his her glasses. Instagram that was really cute. Maybe that's what you saw. I think that is what I saw. But the other thing I want to get to besides that, which was wrong. Um, okay, how many of us thought that John just went down there and like drew those pictures real quick with some chalk? Like, <laughs> no way. Look, no way. Because the there was walkers. that spiral design. That, a, a lot that we of saw. well, a lot of spirals, and then suddenly you got blue-eyed walkers, and I'm thinking, wow, for over eight thousand years, that blue pigment has that, stayed on that wall. I'm um, not saying that blue paint really held up. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, John went down there and told all his men, draw pictures of the white walkers that should join our cause. You know, <laughs> draw the dead. Um, but, you know, he hasn't seen those designs, and, you know, we were kind of led to believe that those um, geometric designs are, have some sort of significance for the um, children of the forest, well, no, I including... I know that didn't really you know, happen. Oh, I know, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm he, just stating, um, you know, I gotta, I gotta be all serious. He saw those designs, and it gave him the motivation to draw the White Walkers. Yeah, it... Oh, I can draw White Walkers and trick her. 
Yeah, yeah. It, it is funny <laughs> to think that he's Take this LSD, everybody, and just draw what comes to your mind. <laughs> Everybody's yeah. just tripping balls down in the cave. The dragon glass is so shiny. <laughs> just rub it. I can just keep rubbing it. <laughs> Someone grab Ringo from the ceiling and bring him back down here. Exactly. Oh my gosh. You is guys. That a Simpsons reference, I think. <laughs> um, where the hell are we? That was that was your number two, right, that, Rima? That was my number two. I, I mean, I could go on and on. There's I just a, thought it was wonderful um, between those two, as you can see what's happening between them and where it's going to go. So. Right, right, and there's a there's a significant moment, I thought, leading up to that, right as we get to John, where Daenerys is walking down the stairs with Missandei, and yeah, they're talking great. about Grey Worm, and she's like, he better come back. And she's like, what what happened? Many things happened, right? And right at, right at that moment is when John appears and says, you know, your grace... Mm-hmm. And the camera, the camera goes back up to Miss Sunday and Daenerys, and Miss Sunday kind of glances over at Daenerys, like, "Ah, now here's your guy. Go for it, girl." And, <laughs> and Daenerys kind of smiles back at her, and then walks over towards John. But watch it again and look for that look because it was there. It, yeah, no, I agree. no, it was and, there. And he, I agree. Just like with Sir Davos, t- you know, saying to John, like, "Well, what do you think of her?" And he's like, "Who?" And she's he's got like, a good heart. Yeah, it's like, you're not, you know, yeah, I've seen you staring at her good heart, you know. <laughs> yeah, Davos is shipping the two of them big time. Yeah. And and keep in mind how old these these kids are actually supposed to be in the in the series, you know. Yeah. Right. Danny's Ms. what, 16, maybe 17? John? Missande is like 11. Similar? <laughs> yeah. You, okay. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, Duncan, you're number two. All right. My number two is Bronn and his castle. <laughs> you know, everybody's Aww. been promising Braun things for so long. He, you know, Jamie promised him a castle and a lady, and he was there with with l- lollies of House Stokeworth <laughs> with their bastard in her belly. And, you know, outside of Castle Stokeworth, beautiful day, walking along arm in arm with his lady. And, and he's like, I never imagined myself living in a castle like this. And, you know, she's like, oh, well, you won't be because my older sister is going to inherit Castle Stokeworth. And there's that great moment where it's like, you know, your older sister is a mean person. In my experience, mean people get what they deserve, a.k.a. I'm going to kill your sister. And yeah, I'm going to live in the fucking castle, bitch. <laughs> so Jamie shows up and, and hands him a scroll and hands off Lady Stokeworth to somebody else and drags Bronn away to Dorne with him. Promises him you'll have a bigger castle and a, a better castle, a better woman when we're done with this. Now, you know, he has the opportunity to scoop up High Garden, which would be radical brawn of the Blackwater from whatever shit, <laughs> shit pile he's from originally. I did love living that. in High yeah. Garden. It would be amazing. And you know, I was just, I just want, I just want Bron to get what he's been promised. And basically. he was just this lowly sellsword. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just a gift for death. He's basically the stranger in, incarnate. You know? Oh, nice, nice, yeah. Yeah, I think I saw someone say on the internet um, that he was the best investment the Lannisters ever made. Yeah. Absolutely. I like that. Absolutely. Here's the thing I'm pretty sure none of our tops are going to touch on, so I might as well bring it up. Yeah. Wow, Cersei has paid off the Iron Bank. Right. Wow. She did. Very, very That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Tycho, Tycho Nestoris said, you know, I don't think there's ever been a debt this large paid off in a single installment before. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Massive. And, you know, very smart on her part. She dumps it into his lap and then they're like, okay, if there's any other banking needs you may need. Well, as a matter of fact, you know, that was another brilliant 
turn by Cersei, I must say, who for a little period of time in the show is beginning to look like a drunk incompetent. Right. Now, now she's, she's like Tywin 2.0. She's a drunk uh, successful woman at this point. So I'm I'm maybe she laid off the wine, I don't know, but fuck me if Cersei isn't winning. Yeah, you it's know, it's I mean, it's shocked it's, me how formidable she has come. I don't know if if how much of what is happening as far as strategy is her or Jamie or you know anyone else that's advising them. Um, but I'm I'm shocked honestly at how well she's doing so far. Right. Even Tycho Nestoris says you know Tywin was effective and efficient, and you seem to be redefining those terms. Like that's a huge deal. Yeah. Oh, you know she must have loved that. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Hilarious. And we do, it was confirmed by Randall Tarley. He said, all the golds safely through the gates of King's yep, Landing. Yep, so the exactly. gold is back. It is. I had missed that at first. Um, Thank you for bringing that up because I wanted to. But it was, but it's all the food that Danny um, oh. cooked a little ahead of time. Yeah, yeah so, that's bad. That's bad, man. You so that's going to be pretty bad. The they're, they're not quite prepared for winter yet. You know, we're seeing the North try to prepare for winter coming. Winter is here. Uh, and and King's Landing is not quite yet prepared. And that's going to be a real... I think that's going to show up a little later. Danny just struck a pretty major blow. Yeah, it's going to be bad. Well, you can't just make food appear out of nowhere either. And it's not just the food, but they mentioned like in the previous episode when they were taking... When the um, Unsullied were taking Casterly Rock that there were Lannister soldiers there, but they took like the best of the best to go get high garden. So she took out like the, the bulk of like the Lannister army and like the best that they had. So not only right, was it the, catch, the manpower, nice. but you know, also, you know, the crops and such that they were bringing back. So and that's mm. the other interesting thing about Cersei's conversation with um, Tycho Nestoris, the representative of the iron bank. She tells him that her hand Kyburn, and I totally forgot that Kyburn was her hand, and I think that deserves more attention as well. I haven't really <laughs> heard anybody mentioning. You know, fuck. everybody's all pumped about about Tyrion being Daenerys's hand and and everything, and Davos being Jon's hand. But Kyburn, well, Kyburn has been hand. very effective, very frighteningly he effective, he terrifying. Um, yeah, he is a creepy fucker. He really is. Cersei tells, yeah, Cersei tells Tycho Nestoris that my hand Kyburn has sent, made overtures to the uh, in in. In um, Essos to the the Golden Company, which yes, is a notorious, I caught that too. Yeah, right. Yeah, notorious sellsword brigade um, founded by the um, by basically the Blackfire branch of the uh, the Targaryen house, which was responsible for a series of rebellions against against the legitimate Targaryens. So that would give them an incentive to to join Cersei's team essentially too, because they could have another opportunity to defeat the Targaryen side of their family and claim the throne. Um, but yeah. It's, okay. It's, since, since, since we're touching on this, I, I need to, if the golden company is being brought up, do you think the second sons can come back and that's how we're going to get Dario back into the picture? Ooh. Mm. Cause if we're talking about the cell swords of Essos, they might have to come back as well because if, if Cersei gets them un, in, under her wing Danny has that in her pocket as well, she could easily get the second sons to show, show she up. does. Huh. Right. And yeah, she might need him. That's a really good point. Yeah. And that may be how Essos factors into the whole story in general, as opposed to just Danny's training ground. Yeah. And as <laughs> and we might have to see Jon Snow take out Dario because Dario's going to be jealous of Jon Snow. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Love triangle. Oh, my God. Ladies, 
How much are you going to love that? Dario versus Jon Snow oh. for Danny's affection. Is that going to kill you? It'll kill me. Hold me back. <laughs> or they could team up for double the pleasure, double the fun. That's a whole lot. <laughs> it's always a possibility. <laughs> it is Game one of Thrones. King is not, yeah, one king isn't enough for the queen of dragons. <laughs> right. you know, the mother of dragons. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Let's go ahead and get past that one. Uh, Duncan, do you have anything else to say about Braun and his castles, which I believe is oh, your number two? Not really. I just love Braun, man. I, I, he was sinking at the end, too, and uh, he better not fucking die, man. That's um, all I'm saying. Not yet. I think we are all in not that yet. camp. Absolutely. Okay, my number two happened to be uh, Arya and, and Arya's return and Arya and Brienne. We have discussed that ad nauseum. Rima. Give us your number one. So my number one, we've also kind of touched on pieces, was homecomings and reunions. So we, yeah, got to get a little, you know, we've had the action and the, you know, the badass kind of scenes. Now we're going to get to the the sweet side of things, which we've we've touched on. So um, the points I wanted to make as far as homecomings and reunions part of this episode, we had Arya and Sansa, which we have talked, I think, pretty thoroughly. You guys feel free to add um, if you have anything else. Um, Bran. And Littlefinger wasn't quite a homecoming or reunion, but like seeing the two, you know, kind of come together. I don't know that we've we've yeah. never seen them share a scene, and I think that that was so poignant because it, it kind of drew us back to season three, episode six, when uh, Littlefinger made that comment about chaos is the ladder, you know, and, and Bran's totally on to him. Uh, so yeah. I thought that was interesting. But then something we haven't mentioned yet, as far as a reunion, was John and Theon. That moment that they had. Oh yes, thank you for thank bringing you. that up. Yeah, yeah, so I thought that. I mean, it was it was short and sweet, and it was just just prior to the battle. So I whoa, think whoa, it's whoa, something. Hold on, that... I gotta interject. I wouldn't call it sweet. No, well, I, it was short. No, sorry, that was that, that was just sweet. that was just a figure of speech. I didn't mean it was really sweet. It was short. That is for sure. Yeah. Um, but just you know, Theon hits the beach, sees John. John sees Theon, and there's that moment. It's like no words are spoken, but yet. There were volumes <laughs> spoken with no words. Yeah. I mean, did you feel that between them oh, two? I mean, my gosh, it was like, holy crap. They have not seen each other since season one. We know everything that, that Theon has done, you know, betraying the Starks and just everything that happened. And, you know, John has known all of this stuff and couldn't do anything. You know, he, he tried to leave. Remember when he tried to leave Castle Black and they brought him back because of what was going on and... You know, they haven't, right. you know, just all the stuff that came through. And then when he tells him, you know, if, if you hadn't done what you had done for Sansa, I, you know, I'd kill you right now. Um, yeah, it's it was, so funny, too. After that silence, when they're like, they're first seeing each other, the first thing Theon says is like, oh, you know, kind of like pulling on his, his, right. his collar. <laughs> like, oh, John, uh, I didn't, you know, didn't, didn't expect, expect you to be here. here. <laughs> like, a, hey, what's up? You know, <laughs> you know, I, to give a, a slightly unpopular opinion, um, Theon. He's a interesting character. Yeah. In that Ugh. he's done some really bad, horrible things, but he's also been through a lot of bad, bad, horrible things. Yeah. And I do think if he had made any other decision faced with Euron and Yara, they would both be dead. And if you think, I mean, look, Theon was fighting his ass off before he slipped into full blown PTSD. Yeah, totally. You right. know, so it's there, not like it, he is a abject coward. Um, no, and it's important that Daenerys has a witness for this. Like she needs to know, like what happened, basically. Right. Sure. There you go. There's that too. So it's it's 
I don't know. I have a, a big soft spot for Theon, regardless of how much of a dope he is. And he's been a dope many, many times throughout this season mm-hmm. in so many different ways. But I, I still feel, and, and you know, maybe this is getting into trying to look behind the scenes kind of a thing. But but the idea of like, look, if you're still alive in this story, you still have a part to play. Exactly. And, and it leaves me questioning what part is Theon going to play in this whole thing? Because I don't think as... Well, he's not gonna he's not gonna play his favorite part because that part got cut off. <laughs> yes, that yeah. part's gone. But what is his story? What is his story arc? You know, and we feel that way about Jamie and Braun. We feel that way about every one of these characters. We want to see their stories and how they're gonna unfold. And I don't think Theon's story is done, much the way Arya and Sansa know that their story is not yet done as well. Right? So, yeah, I think. Uh, and was... I think we all feel that way about Jaime as well. Yeah, Theon's his story is not himself done. To, he's he's got to throw himself in, into the gears at some point to. Uh, you know, he's going to sacrifice his... himself. Yeah. yeah, he has to. I mean, much the way I've, the other thing I've always been wanting to happen, and and is the Hound in one way or another saving Arya's life. Right. It doesn't have to right. be a sacrifice. Maybe it will, but that would be pretty amazing. But I do feel the hound is going to pop up to save Arya's bacon, and and I can't wait for that to be the case. So, <laughs> You're, um, I, I agree with you 100%. I think everybody that has survived at this point, they're here for a reason. Um, yes. And we just have to wait and see how that plays out. And I, I know that that wasn't really popular with when Theon jumped ship and, you know, left uh, Yara in the hands of Euron. But, you know, I think that, you know, he can't help his sister if he's dead, which is exactly what it would have happened yeah. if he had stayed yeah. to fight Euron. So, you know, it wasn't popular, but I think I kind of understand why he did it. And yeah, I think something's going to happen. Maybe he'll get a redeeming arc with the Starks again. You know, I don't know. Uh, but I'm I'm anxious to see how it plays out. Him along with everybody that's left. Rima's and got my back. His, 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 Absolutely. You can tell that, uh, <laughs> yeah, you can tell his intentions are pure, pure too. Cause the first thing he says, like the first thing of any substance is, is Sansa, you know, is, is she okay? Like he's still, yep. Oh yeah. Hoping yeah. for her the best and curious. <laughs> oh oh man. Right. I thought, I thought that Jon Snow was going to go full on Al Pacino on him there for a second. You know, Al Pacino can go from zero to a hundred. Yeah. A millisecond. I thought that he was just going to rock and, him. And you couldn't have blamed him. <laughs> No. You know, you wouldn't yeah. have been able to blame him either. So that's kind of the problem. Again, loving the, you know, us loving the people we're rooting against. It's so confusing at this point because we like all these characters. Uh, we don't have a Joffrey anymore. You know, right. except Cersei, I suppose. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, Duncan, this is it. Yes, You're number sir. one, man. Dragon fire one. this bitch. All right. I had a few that I wrote down, and we've talked about a few, so I will talk about <laughs> one that we have not talked about as much, there which is Jamie's joust right at the end of that battle. Oh, my I gosh. Just thought that, yeah. you know, we talked about his expression on the actor's face and how much it said, and Tyrion's watching from the top of the hill, and he's like, you know, he says, flee, you you idiot. <laughs> yeah. And Jamie, right at that moment, makes for the the spear, and he's... He's just charging with with this you know, lefty jousting lefty with a spear and this the camera flying by on a drone, like this this shot is just beautiful with the flames and the smoke in the background and this gorgeous white horse with its hair flying in the air and kicking up the the water underneath its feet as it's running and mm-hmm. Jamie just poised in attack position and <laughs> Tyrion his Dinklage's acting in this moment like. It's just amazing to me. Mm-hmm. A little bit more quietly says, you idiot. And then he goes, you fucking idiot. 
Yeah. And like you yeah. can just tell he's so mad that brought, that Jamie, who's is known to be like a leap before you look type guy, Cersei has criticized him for it repeatedly in the past. I think he's been called a beautiful fool on a number of occasions and you know, <laughs> there's an expression on his face when he looks after leaping, right? You know, right when Drogon meets him eye to eye and he can see in his eyes is that he fucked up and that he's saved right at that moment. But yeah, just the, the tension of that and, and Tyrion's acting and you can see just the conflict, Tyrion watching this whole battle unfold and and the moment, you know, he loves his brother. He's always idolized his brother. He, he, yeah. he chose his brother to be his champion when he was when he was being held captive at the Vale. Like he, he, you know, his brother is like his, his a golden god, basically. To, uh, oh, oh, and yeah. this is something, Duncan. You weren't on last week, so I can actually ask you this uh, to sure. give your thoughts and and Rima as well. What are your thoughts about? Uh, sorry, slight tangent. <laughs> um, your thoughts on <laughs> Elena admitting that she killed Joffrey? How oh. do you think that is going to affect oh, Mike Job? <laughs> Right. Well, Total how do you think job. that's going to affect the relationship between now? I don't think it's going to affect Cersei's relationship with Tyrion. She's always hated him. She always will. Yep. But Tyrion's relationship with Jamie, and going back to this notion uh, of the idea of Jamie potentially being a captive, it'll be a captive under Tyrion. If you remember, it was Jamie that released Tyrion from captivity. So right. there's a whole lot of things going on here. Yeah. Between Elena's these two, uh, with oh. Elena, and I felt uh, we kind of saw some of the the ripples and the echoes of that in 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 this episode with Tyrion looking over Jamie. So, what, what were your thoughts about the Elena thing? Oh my god, I I thought it was amazing. Um, Diana Rigg just killed that oh scene. Gosh. First of all, yeah. like the, what what an actress, total powerhouse. I think they they really really lucked out with her on the cast, and she looks. When she was younger, she looked very much like uh, the actress who plays Marjorie as well. So that was Natalie Dormer, kind of yeah. Cre- yeah, Natalie Dormer. Yep. If you if you do a search Dormer. for Diana Rigg, Natalie Dormer on Google, you'll see side by sides of when they're about the same age and they're very similar looking. Looking so yes, pretty amazing. But yeah, you know, Jamie had had witnessed the whole trial with Tyrion and his ca- his captivity, and if anything, I think it 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 created greater sense of empathy for Tyrion and the shit he's been through. And I mean, Jamie's always had a soft spot for his brother anyway. And there's other dynamics that are taking place in the books that haven't taken place on the show. But I mean, Jamie was real pissed that Ty- that Tyrion killed Tywin, mm-hmm. but knowing the truth that, that it was not Tyrion, maybe he could see some justification in Tywin's murder because his own father sentenced him to death, even though he was innocent. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? Like that's super, super fucked up. Well, so. and and and, that, and I was thinking about the fact that because of Tyrion being accused of that crime, which then led to Oberyn becoming Tyrion's champion, which led to him killing the mountain, sort of, to then him being crushed to Ilaria, to Marcella's uh, death, to to Marcella's death, and then to Tyene Bad Pussy's death. Last episode, it is all completely wrapped around. All because of Tyrion being framed, right. falsely accused, and and then to take it to another falsely place accused, too. It, that's more it's, appropriate. Um, yeah, yeah, and to to and framed because of the uh, the false uh, witness, you know, people bearing false. Oh, witness. that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah. So, and it's got to it's going to rock Cersei's world when she finds out as well. Because, I don't think it you know, will. I don't I, think it I, will. I think she's so I think far it will, gone. Because 
She, yeah. Well, yeah, it it should rock her world. We'll it, put it should. That way. Agreed, it should. Yeah. Yes. She's been so obsessed with this prophecy, you know, younger, more beautiful queen coming. She thought it was Marjorie Ty- Tyrell. So she destroyed the Tyrell household, someone that could have been a very, very valuable ally for when the real younger, beautiful, more beautiful queen shows up, which is Daenerys. You know, she misread this prophecy, screwed up her, her dynasty because of it lost her most important ally. Even Tywin had said like, no, we need the Tyrells. They're kind of like an important, they're kind of a big deal, you know? Yeah. Um, so she, not only did she totally screw up her, the strength of her position to fight the real queen that would come in to take her uh, her her queenship from her, but she also, you know, misread the, the Valonqar prophecy, which isn't part of the show, but it, it doesn't matter. She she is con- you know she is uh, she set up uh, she set up Tyrion because she hates Tyrion, basically, which which screwed everything else up, and she she's basically created this self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. By by over interpreting and and like her or believing too much in her own interpretations of this vague prophecy. Exactly. She's basically her own downfall. Everything that she's done has created this snowball effect that's just beating her into submission at this she's point. She's created her own hell at this point. Yeah. Self-fulfilling prophecy, I think, is the absolute best way to put Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah, she is yeah, extremely just, guilty of that. <laughs> it's fascinating. Like, the really, really... Amazing writing and just coming up with all this, like George R. R. You, Martin, man. Uh, yeah. Duncan, are you on the the Jamie as Valencar? I yeah, I think okay. so. Okay, all right, we can leave it at that. Um, yep. Where are we? That was your number one, yeah, Duncan. Yeah, that yeah, that was my number one. Very cool. Back to you, yeah, Mr. Bob. Let's hear it. Well, my number one, my number one was was Rima's number three. It was the <laughs> entire battle as a whole. We have, we have discussed that ad nauseum. I really thought that was just a spectacular display of amazing filmmaking, and and I just thought it was incredible. We we have already said enough about it. I don't need to go on mm-hmm. anymore, guys. Any notes? Yeah, I think uh, there was a cool moment with Dickon. (laughs) (laughs) Dickon Tarly. Poor (laughs) guy. uh, Which which good good moment? There were two. Yeah. Well, yes. (laughs) Yes. One of them. Yes. We know he hates Sam, but you know. Yeah. Naming your kid Dickon. Yeah. He probably Sam's older, right? So he probably saw what a failure Sam was, and he was like, "Ah, this one's gonna be a failure too. I'll just call him Dickon preemptively." (laughs) Well, and I really felt for him too. I mean, you know, when he's talking about you know the battle at Highgarden, he's like, "I knew those men. I hunted with them. You know, we've we've been pledged to them." For as long it's as horrible. I've ever known, and and I kind of felt for him. And then he stepped up. He wasn't just a wuss or whatever. I mean, he totally stepped up. He did fight at. High- we didn't see it, but you know the the battle at Highgarden. I guess he fought well, uh, according to what Jamie, you know, had said. Right. And 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 he saved Jamie. You know, at that one. Yeah, moment. Jamie has disrespected him a couple times by not paying attention to him or caring enough to even get his name right. You know, repeatedly calling him Rick on. Right. And then you know he he's like you know he he saves him he saves his ass when that guy is coming at him with dual Eric's, and Jamie's left-handedly like trying to but, <laughs> fight off two blades. Right. Yeah, I, and I, I thought it was Dickon. Uh, Dickon is most certainly, I think, one of the most interesting non-characters that we've seen. Thus far, you know, he just suddenly pops up a different actor from last season. Boom. We got a new dick on. And that was actually a really, that was a great scene. needs a new dick on. (laughs) Sorry. sorry. (sighs) 
I thought it was hilarious though when Poor he's like, Theon. I didn't expect it to smell like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was, and he had a lot of great moments. He and, did. and I was well, not a lot, but he had a couple of great moments that I thought were pretty damn cool. Again, for what I would say would, would be almost a non-character, and and. Yeah, and- like that's the, the the concept of smell is something that you know yeah, is never really yeah. emphasized on TV and every once in a while they'll talk about it on The Walking Dead but like they should really make a big deal of like how fucking how much it stinks you know what I mean so one so thing that's cool yeah. that they yeah it here. here's something our crossover audience will like uh, I have a number of times uh, at least a few times now moderated the panel for Jay Bon and Singer the guy who wrote writes the Walking Dead yeah novels he's great. awesome guy. And he is an amazing guy, such a sweetheart. And his wife, uh, Jilly, is amazing, too. But um, in his books, he talks, and this is something I've brought up on stage with him, that he always talks about the smell of, like, the cordite with a gun going off. Or, I mean, or just the, the putrid smell of a dead body. And that's something that I, I, I love when a show or a property of any sort can kind of get all senses involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I actually immersion. really, and I really appreciated that with Dick on in that conversation about the smell of shit. And the fact that like, look, a battlefield must smell horrible. Of yeah, and piss it's not necessarily something and, you'd ever consider if no, being like think a about regular vomit. There'd be vomit. There'd be the smell of iron and the blood, the smell of smoke and cordite from the weapons or whatever it is. I guess there are no guns in this thing, so there's no cordite. But, <laughs> um, the smell of battle must be absolutely horrible. And then imagine Horrendous. a day later in the, in the, in the sun. So, Oh God. Well, it makes it more human I I, I and it humanizes can, the situation. These are not just, yeah. you know, robots out on a battlefield. These are human beings and people. And I think it just, when you bring it down to that, that's it, it kind of humanizes the whole situation. And, you know, they're talking about smell at the, you know, when they fought at high garden, think of the smell, you know, as that battle is happening, there's men dying and then you have them on fire, the skin, um, you know, the roasting. flesh roasting from Ooh, the dragon yes. fire. Oh my so. God, that smell too. Yeah. Remember that scene from up at the wall where somebody's being like a, a night's watchman has died and they're being burned and um, yeah, Dolores yeah, yeah. Ed says, oh, I never thought that <laughs> that Frank would smell so good. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you got to imagine it's a bit of a, bar- well, yeah, a little barbecue smell. I don't know. I don't, I kind of wonder what, Never mind. I, I don't want to wonder. No. Um, guys, are we... I keep calling you guys. My apologies, Rima. Oh, uh, there's a, a there's another cool scene sort of we should talk about, which was when uh, Davos and John are talking with Missande. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. That was in my notes. Yes. Really important moment, I think, that sort of humanizes Danny and and uh, shows that these people aren't her slaves. They're she's not like just a conqueror. She's a, a role model and an example of what a leader should be in uh, in terms of philosophy. And I thought it was great when, you know, John had said, well, what if you wanted to, to leave tomorrow? And Missande said, she'd give me a boat, bitch. Yeah. And John's like, you believe that? <laughs> yeah. And she's okay, like, okay. no, I know that. Like, I know that. And it's true because Danny had said to her, you know, I'm, I'm offering you a position to work with me. I'm going to be at war. Odds are you'll die. Right. Uh, et cetera. You can leave if you want. And Missande chose to come with her. So it's, it's true. And I think that was really important for, uh, for John to... To uh, be drawn more, even more than he is already to uh, the the Dragon Queen. Quick question for you guys: Do you think Davos has been flirting with Masande or just being the charming old guy? 
a little bit of both. He doesn't know Grey Worm exists, so Wait, hold on, hold on. I want to hear Grima. What do you think? <laughs> I don't care about your your opinion. I want the woman's opinion. So, speaking <laughs> as the one <laughs> the one female in this trio that we have going on tonight, um, this menage. I I don't take Enough. it. I, I think that they're trying to really kind of. I think he senses this tension that's happening between, or at least in the previous episode when John and Danny first met, there's this tension. And I think Davos being the diplomat that he is, is just kind of being a friendly older feller to her. He's not, I don't think he has any thoughts towards Missende in an unnatural or impure. Okay, cool. That's just my opinion. I'm sure there are people that will disagree with me and that's fine. Um, (laughs) No, I thought there was something so cute. I thought there was something so cute the last two weeks with their, or at least a couple weeks with their their interactions. Like he's a friendly uncle or something, you know? Yeah, I couldn't figure out what it was. Now, as I'm getting into slight older age, not old, but I'm not young, um, I'm wondering, you know, I'm like, I think I recognize that. Oh, shit. You know, as that more genial sort of just friendly sort of way yeah. of being like I'm not picking up guy. I'm not picking up on any kind of flirtation. I think he's just being cool. friendly. Okay. I wasn't sure. I really wasn't sure. Yeah, that's me. I agree. But, I think that it was like providing moments of levity and and something to uh, to to help them all relate and get along in in tense moments. And I I guarantee you he's having dirty thoughts, lots of dirty thoughts, but uh but he's not projecting them through his his conversation. It is the more genial like like older guy just being friendly type thing his his dirty mind is not being uh you know put out with his conversation i don't think it's it's slight flirtation but it's not active like it's not real flirtation you know what i mean it's just being a like a friendly goofy guy i think he's just being diplomatic he's being friendly i think right. he he's interested in Missende as far as like her past because he's asking about you know what what life was like on your island and where you come from and what's your culture or traditions like and and they're in similar positions he's the hand for john and she's not the hand of the queen but she had she's one of her advisors and she trusts her so i think that he's trying to kind of build that bridge between them like hey right. we're Definitely. you know we're on the same side we want same things here you know let's if i can get her on my side <clears throat> and she can get on my side you know she's got the queen's ear i've got john's ear i think it's more of that kind of thing that he's working yeah towards. really important networking to uh, help communicate and facilitate negotiation and diplomacy absolutely yeah but um, oh cool so go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just talking, since we're talking about that moment, um, which I thought was really great and extremely important, I just thought it, again, was interesting how she brings up John's parentage. Right. You know, and bringing up like, well, we have no <laughs> yeah. concept of bastards where I'm from. And it's just interesting, like, yeah, your father's cool. Ned Stark. Why is your name not Stark? And and they go into that whole conversation, and I will not repeat it um, because I don't have it memorized. Um, but And everybody knows what was said. But I just thought it was interesting. It's like, again, here we get... It's like it's screaming at you, like in this big neon sign, you know, that it's just yeah, the, <gasps> the concept of bastards doesn't exist. Like John's not a bastard. Exactly. <laughs> and then and then you get back into the Davos adorableness of Ooh, I think I'd like to go to their side. And then and Will even you forgive um, me if I switch sides. Exactly. And what about Davos saying uh King John, King Snow? Yeah, I King never Snow thought about it. That was so Cute, I love that guy. Okay, look, for the shortest episode of the series, the three of us have talked the longest about this particular episode. I, I told you it was so rich and dense. You can sit here and talk no, for it, hours. It, it, it's, it, I absurd. agree with you 100%, but we're going to go ahead and take a break. There's more yes, to come. Sir. Stay with us.
Hey guys, Jason, quick interruption here to talk about sort of a sponsor. First incredible episode this week. I'm so jealous that um, Mr. Blog and Rima and Duncan get to talk about it, but I'm not going to intrude on that. I'm going to leave it up to them. I told you it was incredible. That's that's all I'm going to have to say about it, even though it's killing me. But what I do want to say is that I, you know, recently, um, not recently, for a long time, I've been looking for the perfect cup of coffee because I'm a coffee fanatic and I drink coffee every day and it's super important to my day. Uh, it's important to my podcasting. If I didn't have coffee, I think I would sound even more monotone than usual and I just really wouldn't be able to pull it off. And I love coffee. And, uh, you know, I tried all these different coffees, um, I'm not, I'm not going to go through and name them all because the point is that I never really found one that I really liked and I tried a whole bunch and Jenny bought me a whole bunch, but then I uh, found this coffee called Death Wish Coffee that was a sponsor of Walker Stucker and that's how I found it and I was like, holy shit, not only is it got a nice good amount of caffeine, they say it's the world's strongest coffee, but it also tastes really good and so I was, I was stoked to find it. I'm like, yeah, and I went and I bought some and I loved it. So I, I love this coffee. I, this isn't even a coffee ad though because what it really is is me and the guys who do the Death Wish uh, podcast called Fueled by Deathcast, we, we agreed to trade uh, us, you know, shout outs. And so I went and listened to their podcast because I, you know, I, I know I love the coffee. What about the podcast? Well, the podcast turns out is awesome too. And it's hosted by, they call themselves the incredible Jeff and the amazing D man. It's Jeff and Dustin and they're really inspiring. And they usually have an interesting guest on from different walks of life, sometimes from the company, but they're, they're high energy and they're super positive. And they, you know, I was listening to an episode and I just got really inspired by something that they said said um what was it it was about how if you hesitate too much on something then you should just you know do whatever planning you need to do or research but just make a move you know don't sit on your hands for too long and I'm like yeah there's some things in my podcasting that I've been doing that with so it really inspired me to get out and and there's tons of stuff like that they have uh, an exciting discovery in science that they always open the episode up with they have a bunch of different fun segments and it's not all about coffee it's their the whole thing about death wish their their um kind of tagline is is what fuels you that's what the podcast is about so it's finding interesting people seeing what fuels them they could be rock stars entertainers athletes whatever you know different kinds of walks of life so i highly recommend checking out this podcast if you need a little pick me up or you just want to hear something interesting and fun and that's fueled by Deathcast. and i also definitely recommend checking out death wish coffee all right back to your regularly scheduled program Thank you very much, Jason. We appreciate that. Yay for our sponsors. Yay. Duncan, I think you have some news for us about Game of Thrones. I do. The first article talks about how the Mets pitcher Noah Syndergaard snagged his Game of Thrones chance. The uh, the MLB pitcher appeared as a member of the Lannister army. He was actually the guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. It's funny because he's a pitcher, right? And he was the one guy who threw a spear in this episode. It was right when the uh, the Dothraki are riding up on the shield wall. Uh-huh. 
and he kind of jumps up and throws oh, yeah. a spear and takes out a, a Dothraki and his horse, and the horse comes crashing down on top of the guy. He was the one that kind of jumped the gun, Nailed right? It. Yeah. So yeah, okay. that's Noah Cindergard from the uh, the net or the the Mets, mm-hmm. the uh, New York Mets. Twenty four twenty four year old guy, pretty cool. Uh, I got that from New- the New York Post. Okay, so here I have an article from People, which is <laughs> pretty funny. It's it's Game of Thrones just pulled off the greatest IKEA hack of all time, and you can see it in the show. Oh, yeah. So it, <laughs> it turns out, you know, Game of Thrones is known for its epic battles, over-the-top settings, terrifying CGI pets, and for having the budget to make it all look amazing. So it's more than a little surprising that one consistent element of the HBO epic is a seriously affordable buy. Turns out that the, the jackets... Like the, the cloaks worn by the Night's Watchmen are actually Ikea robes. Right. I saw <laughs> how many cosplayers, how many cosplayers are running to Ikea <laughs> yep. to get their show accurate yeah, Travis, rugs? Travis Segler, if you're listening, you better go quick, brother. It's going to be a serious decline in stock it just went of, from, of those rugs at Ikea. <laughs> no, no, on eBay, on eBay, because they're probably already, they don't make them anymore. It probably just went from like $10 to four hundred and fifty dollars for a rug, Most you know, expensive or four thousand. Who knows? Yeah, that is hilarious. I know, I really oh god, too. I love um, it. Next, That's we have great. an article from WatchersOnTheWall.com, which is uh, which says that the Game of Thrones season seven soundtrack by Ramin Javadi will be released on September 29th, which is pretty exciting for me at least. I I really really love the uh, the music on this show. I think Ramin Javadi is. Mm-hmm. An amazing composer, and I'm not just saying that because we went Has to the same college. Has a score college. never been released for this? Um, I, no, I'm pretty sure they release every season, but it's just been announced that this one, season seven, is coming oh, okay, out on okay. September 9th, so, or it's 29th, so oh, mark cool. your current calendars, people. That will be awesome. Next, we have an article from Variety about how the director of this of this um, episode, actually, I, I'm, what's his name? Um Mark Matt uh, Matt Shackman. It turns out this is his first episode of Game of Thrones that he's directed, which yeah. is amazing. Wow. And it's even more amazing when when you find out that he's directed dozens of episodes of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which is a, a great <laughs> show, but like one of my favorite shows. But it's just a totally different style of directing. You know what I mean? Like way more totally. at play directing Game of Thrones. I don't know why that tickled my funny bone in such a wonderful way. For some reason, I just did not expect you to say know, always sunny. Anything else but always sunny. For some reason, that 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 was like pure cognitive dissonance that you just heard come out yeah, of me. I, uh, I, I love I, that. I found that out on the Joffrey of Podcasts earlier, which is another great podcast. Bubba and Catfish, they have like this shtick where they, they love Joffrey and everything's like... Like kind of revolves around Joffrey. It's pretty awesome. But uh, in this article from Variety, he says that he was inspired by the uh, the Hiroshima atom bomb, right? And by the uh, the Pompeii disaster, right? So he's no, yeah, the, I saw the that. Ash. Yeah, I can see that. So okay. uh, one of the questions okay. is: We're used to seeing big battle scenes in the show. What did you want to do to distinguish this one? And he says, "I started by trying to focus on whose point of view I wanted to prioritize because there's lots of." a lot of point of views in it. You see Tyrion's point of view, you see Daenerys, you see Jaime, Bronn. And I also decided with Jaime and Bronn to focus on what it was like to be the man on the ground in the middle of a dragon attack. 
We rooted for Daenerys as she burned slavers and marine from the sky. We've been with her in all sorts of heroic moments with the dragons, but we've never seen a battle, or we've never been in a battle between two people that we love and are rooting for. And I wanted to see what it was like for those men on the ground when war changed forever. When traditional fighting goes out the window because we see a giant weapon like napalm or even an atom bomb is suddenly introduced and what sort of horror, what that sort of horror is like on the ground. Can you imagine that? Like Jamie said, oh, we can hold them off, you know, the the Dothraki. (laughs) And rule the fucking Black Dread 2.0. Game game changer. uh, Look, I got to say, as you were were saying all that, all I can think is like, I just, I want to go on the record. God. Oh, God damn, that was yes. awesome. That was so cool. Yeah. I just really, I'm, I'm not, what? I don't know. Something about that dragon oh coming in the way of just like all over the loot crates. And I'm just like, oh my God, all those Funko figures are getting melted. I mean, it was like all the loot crates were getting burned. <laughs> I, re- I just, no, I got so excited about that though. It, it was, was really so cool to, to find see it. it. To see. So well done. Think about that. The end of season one, Danny coming out of the fire. Tiny dragons. little baby dragons. <laughs> here's one of them. Yeah, here's one of them burning up so everybody. Like... Oh, and I love that what what he said about Pompeii. I could totally see that with the with the the, the people just blowing right. away yeah. Yeah, dust. Because the dragon's fire is just... so hot. It's it, it's comparative to freaking molten God, damn lava so and the cool. heat blast that comes <laughs> off a freaking volcano. And, and so apparently and that's how the Iron Drogon's, Throne was uh, smelted. Yeah, right? totally. So. And that's how they, they uh melted dragon glass um to make like fortresses in Valyria and whatnot. They they used the dragon fire for all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. But apparently Drogon's wingspan is the size of a seven forty seven. Yeah. And the, the tip of the cone of his flame reaches 30 feet wide. Yeah. So they decided, they figured that at the center of that cone, that the fire would be so hot that it would instantly incinerate anything in its path. So you see these people just being turned oh to God. piles of ash and blowing away in the wind. Um, and I can't remember. I'm going to translate I'm going to translate that and just say it shit was so yeah, badass that- to see finally on the <laughs> so I mean it's it was it was such a moment I've said this before oh. and anyone that knows me knows this but you know when little girls were little and everybody's wanting a pony I wanted a dragon so for totally. so for, you and Tyrion, yeah <laughs> that that story rang true for me and whenever he re- when he you know took the the things off of the dragons in the vault and he's telling that right. story i was like oh my god we had the same like wishes and dreams because that's legit i wanted dragons and i was so disappointed to know that they weren't real um <laughs> it no wouldn't way. even have to be a big Aww. dragon exactly it just just little, a little like me exactly <laughs> so to see that um, on screen the the the, uh, the effects like you said they knocked the effects with the dragon out of the park when he's flying so low over the really water did. and you it can really see the did. ripples in the water oh my god that was amazing. i mean yeah. god the yeah, the like Rogue detail. One. Yeah, just like Rogue One. Yeah, it was amazing. Oh man, <laughs> sorry, Duncan. And uh, oh, it's okay. The, and the seeing the people blow away in the in the wind like that, the ashes of those people reminded me of the scene with Miri Mazdur when she was trying to resurrect or heal Drogo to save him from death with the 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 witch yeah. over over there. Um, and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Danny yeah. asked like, "Oh, when will he be back to normal?" And she says, "When the sun rises in the west and sets in the east." when the mountains blow in the wind like leaves. And I was thinking maybe that that could be foreshadowing mm. a dragon incinerating the mountain and seeing him blowing away like leaves in the wind. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> oh, that's a stretch. Okay, let's go ahead. <laughs> Duncan, do you have any more news to Absolutely. talk about? <laughs> let's see. Next are uh, 
there's a video which I posted on the Game of Thrones page or Game of Microphones page, which you guys should check out. It's a Game of Thrones loot loot train battle video, and it it shows you wanted to say loot. <laughs> yeah, I totally did. Playing too much Destiny. <laughs> um, so th- it, this this article talks about how I, I watched the video and it shows all the behind the scenes stuff, and it's just fantastic the way that they did this. There's so many aspects at play. Um, it's pretty ridiculous. And actually, one of our um, one of our listeners, Anita De Luna, articulated it pretty well. She gave some really cool examples of the stuff that we see in this video. So I'll read her message real quick to a to a you guys so you can hear it. She says, oh my God, what an amazing episode. The dragons were awesomely fantastic. I loved it. I have some interesting tidbits to share from behind the scenes. This season, Drogon, the biggest dragon, has a wingspan of a 747. To make his fire breathing look convincing, the special effects team filled filmed a real flamethrower mounted on a motion control crane to match the visual effects team's dragon. This episode had nice. more dragon shots than all of season <laughs> six combined. Stunt performers appeared as both Lannister and Dothraki forces in the same scene before shooting the extras attended boot camp to practice. The special effects team lit 20 stuntmen on fire for one shot in the episode's most thrilling scene, a record for TV show. Um, so yeah, like just really, really cool stuff. You got to watch that video. Game of Thrones loot battle or loot uh, loot train battle which is really cool <laughs> some other news from uh, this is from entertainment weekly hbo hacker leaks emails demands money so when hbo was hacked mm. recently Ooh. apparently they got into the yeah Ooh. they got into this the uh, the higher ups like the ceo level type uh, you know management's emails talking mm-hmm. about you know their plans and everything like that and he's basically demanding a ransom essentially for these 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 emails to not release all of them he's released a month worth apparently wow there's a another cool piece of news from newsweek this is just common knowledge uh, but nikolai coster waldau is is um, playing a gang leader in a new movie called shot caller mm-hmm. which looks pretty badass i posted yeah. a trailer for that on game of microphones page as well and uh, that's it for the news this week sweet i will say i saw mama in the theater yeah, Mama. Silence. No. Nobody even knows what I'm talking about. I, Mama. Yeah, I know exactly. Remember? Yeah, he weird was in movie, that. man. Oh sh- snap! He, he was, was in, in that. that. It's been so long. It was be- must have been before I watched Game of Thrones. I didn't uh, know who he was at the time. No, no. I it, it was. Oh yeah, maybe it was a while ago. So okay, that's all. That was a stupid little thing. Thank you, Duncan, very much for all of you that news. Welcome. Hey, oh, oh my God! Look over there. Where? I see what? some ravens. Ah! I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced that those were ravens. I think that was Melly Hutch making a guest appearance. So. You know what? She's so good, it could oh, be. God, keep... But now it's time for Ravens calls. <laughs> oh. Alrighty, that was ridiculous. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Rima, take okay, the first one. Okay, first one that we have is from Wendy Ott Eppers. Hi, Wendy. Uh, When I got to the 39-minute mark, I thought to myself, this is such a satisfying slow burn episode. Brienne and Arya sparring with that satisfied, (laughs) happy look on Arya's face that we haven't seen in six seasons was worth it alone. The scene with Jon and Danny in the cave just pulled seven seasons together. I thought, Yeah. (laughs) yeah, I thought Kit Harington was incredible. Both characters were softer and more human than ever before. Can I just add how much I love Davos and John together? They are cute and funny. Then that 
a yes. So she also says, then that slow burn blew up in dragon fire. The loot. Oh (laughs) yeah. The loot train battle was amazing. I was all caps. Yes. All caps. I was simultaneously cheering every time Drogon lit up a line of Lannisters and heartbroken to see Tyrion watching his brother battle for his life. I think I right. held my breath that entire battle. I agree with you, Wendy. It was so good. Definitely the best episode this season in a season of great episodes so far. So that that's a pretty long battle to hold your breath for, but I think Jamie's going to need to hold his breath even longer <laughs> if he wants to survive that, that Blackwater rush. Yeah, no kidding. Oof. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Blackwater ru- Oh, that is Blackwater. No, that is Blackwater. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Um, so the, uh, another interesting... Thing, since she mentioned Drogon just lighting up these lines of Lannister soldiers and uh, Tarly soldiers as well. Um, Randall Tarly, did he survive? Oh, yeah. Don't know. I think he did. I think he did. So we can. I think he's got plot we can, armor. <laughs> we can ponder that. Either that or they brought Dickon in because he's going to be the new Lord of <laughs> Horn Hill. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, Sam will be. So move, let's All go right. on. <laughs> Becky Price. Becky Price says, so I'm going to say what no one else will say. I'm 99.9% positive John bought some white chalk and drew that shit on the cave walls himself <laughs> right before I Jamie, said it. Right before he brought it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, the children of the forest said to fight the White Walkers. So, so uh, you should probably respect these hieroglyphics <laughs> that none of your people have managed to stumble upon the whole time you've been on this island and come help me fight these weird looking white dudes. <laughs> come on, Snow, you're not fooling me. Oh, I love you, Becky. <laughs> Thank you, Becky. That was awesome. Ashley Renfro, uh, she says, it's such a weird feeling seeing characters I love, Braun, Jamie, and Danny, fighting on different Ugh. sides. I obviously don't want Cersei and Team Lannister to win this whole thing, but I don't want Jamie and Braun to die either. So I was conflicted during the battle. <laughs> if Jamie would just leave Cersei, then my life would be so easy. Agreed. Thanks, yeah. Ashley. Thank you, Ashley. Join up with Danny and Tyrion. <laughs> right. <laughs> Brianna, right, oh, Brianna cool Cummings says, wow, definitely one of the best episodes ever. Most viewers were probably as conflicted as Tyrion was while he was watching it all go down. A couple of minor things I noticed. John and Daenerys in a cave together reminded me of all the fun John had with Ygritte in a cave. I think we all remembered that. Also, when Davos said fewer to John made me laugh. A nice little reference yes. to Stannis' grammar lessons. Yes, that was fantastic. He's a stickler for grammar. I'm glad Davos picked that up from him. Yes. I've been correcting people Hell the same yeah. way. I'm not going to lie. I, I, I've, I've done that as well. Guilty. Thank you, Brianna. <laughs> Do you do that? What? Uh, by the way, do you do that at the grocery store? It should not be ten items or less. <laughs> fifteen or ten items or less. Fewer. It should be fifteen or ten items or yes. fewer. Very good. Trader Joe's has that sorted. Quantitative, I believe it says fewer at Trader Joe's. Laura Sotelo exactly. says Arya is so badass. The chemistry between John and Daenerys is palpable. This episode was so effing awesome. As a book reader and show watcher, the weight of everything coming full circle is so gratifying. Morgan Allen says, I'm okay with dragons, white walkers, and red priests, but I swear, (laughs) if a mermaid swaves Jamie, I'm done! (laughs) 
Merman. That's very valid. That is a Merman. valid statement. Oh, yeah, it is. That's a very valid statement for right. sure. Brad Galloway says, one thing is for damn sure. Jamie will remember Dickon's name next time. Fucking right, man. You remember that, that motherfucker's name after you saved That's your life. That's right. You earned it. Heather Baum Tallman says, fucking awesome. I'm all about the Starks, Arya kicking ass as always, but that battle scene was awesome. I did not want Jamie to die. Braun, awesome. But I have to say, Drogon, wow, well done. Now I know why we could not afford more direwolf CGI. <laughs> right. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, right. absolutely. Kristen Howell says, it dawned on me last night that because we're at the end and because this is Game of Thrones, no one is safe from death. This made the entire battle so much more exciting. I, I, I feel like we need to say, like, are. Kristen. She's got it. Wait, wait. She's got a uh, email or not an email. Voicemail. What do you call those things? Voicemails coming up. My we good, might, good, good, we might still get, get it. I hope Kristen put it in there. We'll find out. Um, Jamie Dimmick says, yeah. man, that show knows how to make battles exciting. The, the Dothraki riding through the flames was amazing. But why did Danny burn yes. all the supplies? Doesn't her army need food? Uh, yeah. Bran, sorry, the three-eyed raven, must know Arya is going to kill someone important with that dagger. But who? Or will she join the battle against the White Walkers? I don't know. All good questions. Man. I can't wait to see what happens with that dagger. And man, Bron or Bran being given that dagger, it was the perfect timing because if anybody deserves Valyrian steel, like from our main list of, of crew, Arya. She is earned it. Capable. She earned it. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> she is super, super capable. Um Laura Willie Swink says, Aw, I thought John and Danny were about to kiss in that cave. <laughs> <laughs> Because we know of John's penchant for feisty women in caves. It was a little smirking face emoji. <laughs> and why the hell is Sansa giving Arya the stink eye? Does she think she's on her list? <laughs> I'm hoping Daenerys will dump a molten lump of gold at the feet of the Bank of Bravos. There's your spoils of war. <laughs> Hashtag be a dragon. <laughs> That's great, Laura. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Uh, next one here. Wow, we have a, seriously a lot of feedback on this one. Uh, Pake Allen says, holy shit. The second that John said Danny was gone and it cut to the Lannister Tarly armors, armies, excuse me, I knew it was going down. That entire sequence was just phenomenal beginning to end. Also, I swear the Jurassic Park theme was going to start playing <laughs> when John and Danny were in the caves. <laughs> oh, that's great. 80s. I... Wait, hold on. Why Jurassic Park? I don't know. Peg, you gotta, <laughs> okay, Peg, you gotta Move write on, back and sorry. elaborate on that one. Educate <laughs> us on on what that's about. Um, I'm, I'm. But, oh, oh, oh! Finding Amber, maybe. Oh. Maybe, maybe when the Amber's in the cave, the dragon. There glass. we go. There Let's go, go with that. Nice. Let's go with that. <laughs> he left us. He left us. <laughs> sorry. A.D. Stout says, holy fucking shitballs. That was epic. I have never experienced so many different emotions in one episode. I cried yes. at the reunion between the Stark siblings. 
I laughed. I was cheering, clapping, jumping up and down, screaming at my TV. <laughs> How do you choose sides in that battle? One moment, I'm rooting for Danny and Drogon. But wait, Ron, no, Jamie, ah, must watch again. <laughs> yes. Yeah, seriously, man. It was, it was such yes. a conflicted battle. I didn't know. I agree. <laughs> All right, we got one email here from Lady Tawanda of House Peterbilt, Warden of the Road, and nice. Breaker of Hearts. Yeah, and I want to I want to know everybody's titles to all of our uh, all of our listeners. So make sure to include those with your feedback in the future. Absolutely. <laughs> Sir Duncan commands <laughs> yeah. it. All right, from Lady Tawanda. I'm not going on with this. <laughs> Holy shit, that was amaze balls. I was shouting when I heard the horde coming, and I swear I woke up to the neighbors when Drogon came roaring in mm-hmm. with Danny on his back. I love Braum, but I really wanted him to get <laughs> Oh, <laughs> Oh, and I hope Jamie drowns. Come back as a cold one and choke Cersei on her little chair oh. of steel. Oh, okay, all right. <clears throat> okay, here is my haiku. For the fucking horde. Maybe I will ship Danny and John. Brienne has found her equal. Ah, very nice. Thanks, guys. You are awesome. That's awesome. Great email. Thank you. I cannot argue with that, nor shall I. Okay. We have one call. I'm so excited for this. From Kristen. Hey, guys. It's Kristen Howell. Um, first of all, uh, Mr. Blog, you're very polite message is a throw off. I, I don't know what it is, but it's just, it's, you're like, hello, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Anyways. Um, okay. So remember last week when you guys read my comment and you, and we were talking about Bran being dead and he's not really Bran anymore. And he's really three eyed Raven. And then there was this really weird, awkward pause afterwards. Like none of you really believed me. And I'm just going to say that I think, ah, my case was made during the de- yeah. episode, but that's, that's neither here nor there. That's not even the biggest moment of what happened in this episode, which I'm still sweating over. <laughs> uh, anyways, this week was amazing. I got my Dothraki calling over the hill with, I wish Bronn would die and he didn't. And I'm kind of sad he didn't. That was the first time that I didn't want that, that I wanted Bran to die. I've had like three glasses of wine. I'm sorry. I'm very charged up right now. Um, (laughs) and what else? Oh, the cave scene, man. John in the cave. And I I was just waiting for him to just lean into Danny and be like, by the way, I lost my virginity in a cave. (laughs) Wanna go? Um, anyways, so I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. I'm still very, very sweaty, and I'm waiting for Bran to tell Littlefinger that he's a dick. <laughs> All right. Peace. I heard someone call him Little Fucker the other day. I thought that was pretty funny. Pretty appropriate. Oh, my gosh. That oh was my God. the best. Kristen, Kristen, I love you so much. Never change. And I am... Uh, I, I, I think that you need to call in every show, and also I'm making that Dothraki war cry my ringtone. So... <laughs> no, I got I I a little Kristen Halk. I got a little Kristen Howell. Oh, I love her. I got a girl crush on her. I'm I'm just going to throw it out there. She's. (laughs) You and and I can do some battle on that one. So help me. I'll be Aria to your brand girl. I'm telling you. But. (laughs) All right. Thank you guys so much. That was so much fun. You guys ready to close this one out? Unfortunately, yeah. I could go on. All right. 
<laughs> great, great to have All you back right. on the show, Mr. Blog. Yes, so oh, good to hear from you, Mr. B. Guys. Yeah, I, I love you oh, guys. Th- I could do likewise. this all the time with you guys. This was a lot of fun. Thank you both so much. Duncan, it was great to finally do a podcast too, with man. you. Rima, I've already, you know, you but, and I shared our moment last season. Yes. First time for you. It, it was special to me. So. <laughs> it was. It was my It was my first time. So, it yeah. Was. I, I feel that's kind of special. But, special. all right. <laughs> that's our show. Episode 35. Thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> If you'd like to call, you can call us at 813-563-3739. That's 813-JOFFREY. By the way, I think uh, what Kristen was referring to about me sounding nice, uh, I did the the voicemail call, I guess, for that number, and it probably is a bit of a different sound, a little more, hi, thank you for calling, something like that, a little Aww. more professional or something cheery. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Classic. That's why Makes she said sense. that. If you'd like to write in, you can always email us at game at podcastica.com. You can check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash G-O-M podcast. And be sure to check out our other great podcasts at podcastica.com. Personally, I'm a little partial to underthecomiccovers.com. <laughs> Or just under the comic covers. Uh, that is the the podcast that discusses independent comics, mostly image comics, yeah. but a few other things. Uh, with myself and love, Grace, love Grace. Host on that one. So, and I'll vouch for that show as well. <laughs> and next week, we got season seven, episode five, East Ooh. Watch. Oh, oh snap. I think we know what's gonna Ooh. happen. <laughs> that's the, yeah, that's the first time I'm seeing this episode. Really? Title. Do you know what's gonna happen? Do you really know d- what's going to no, happen? No, I don't know what's going to happen. I just know what um, it's implying. So I'll I'll say that. I don't know what's going to happen. Duncan, yeah, we, Duncan. We know that Whites and White Walkers, Tormund, and the Hound are all heading for Eastwood. That, so. that, exactly. <laughs> that's all I know. I I am guessing Duncan is aroused right yeah. now. But all right. <laughs> we just. <laughs> that's our show. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Don't fuck with dragons. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.